This is Seen Times Live. The details of our complete range of programs goes to seentimeslive.com forward slash podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest global news recorded at half past midnight on Monday the 16th of December. I'm Sarah Garsley, bringing you a selection of highlights from across Seen Times service news. The uncle of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has been executed after he was accused of corruption. We'll see the reasons why the man, who until recently was seen as the power behind the throne, was condemned to death. Plus, we'll assess new evidence from the UN which suggests five out of seven attacks in Syria involved chemical weapons. Also in this podcast, we'll discuss the future of unpaid internships where students are taking action to end the culture of unpaid labour. And... Left love behind for us to learn and share so the world can become a better place. Nelson Mandela meant many things to many different people around the world. CN Times joined people paying their respects in London to see how people celebrated his death. First, then, we start in North Korea where the arms powerful uncle of the country's leader, Kim Jong-un, has been executed. That was North Korean state radio announcing the execution of Jong Song-tae, the aunt's powerful uncle of the country leader, Kim Jong-un. The country state news agency said that Jong Song's execution followed a special military trial, who found him guilty of trying to seize power. Here's some more of what was said in the length of the announcement. Despicable human scum Jang, who was worse than a dog, perpetrated thrice-cursed acts of treachery and betrayal of such profound trust and warmest paternal love shown by the party and the leader for him. The era and history will eternally record and never forget the shuddering crimes committed by Jang Song Tak, the enemy of the party, revolution and people and heinous traitor to the nation. He was executed immediately after the verdict. The news has heightened international concerns about the stability of the nuclear-armed communist state. North Korea's K-ally China described the execution as an internal affair, but said it hoped for stability. Next, a United Nations report that's just been published says chemical weapons have definitely been used during the conflict in Syria. The UN Secretary-General Ben Ki-moon is due to give more details at a Security Council briefing next week. This final report from the UN's weapon inspector confirmed an interim report which that chemical weapons were definitely used on August the 21st, that now infamous attack in the suburb of Damascus, in which hundreds of people were killed. It also said that chemical weapons were probably used in other areas, in Ghouta, Kana al-Asl, Jobar, Sarakeb, and Ashrafiya Sanaya. We'll find more about at the next Security Council briefing next week. Well, it was very hard. I had help from my parents and I had to work on the side as well. Um, so, you know, you go to work, you know, work, you know, nine to six and then you go to your other job to actually make rent. 
Unpaid internships have become common in the transition between education and career, but many graduates have found themselves unable to work for free without financial assistance. In cities like London, where businesses congregate, many employers continue to advertise unpaid intern posts, despite the recent crackdown from the government. This weekend, I've met future interns, a collective of ex-interns and students raising awareness about unpaid internships. I followed them while they were engaging in an action against one of London's most popular art gallery, who recently advertised a full-time unpaid internship. All right, so I'm in the bus with future interns, um, a collective of young people, students and artists, uh, campaigning against unpaid internship. Um, so today, what is your action? Um, we're going to the Serpentine Gallery, who have just advertised or have just actually taken on a full-time unpaid intern whose who's hours of advertised as being five days a week full-time. So therefore um, they're breaking the law because it should come under national minimum wage. They, they're, they're calling it a volunteer and because because they're a charity they think that they can get get around it by by calling the person a volunteer but the fact that they've um, advertised these full-time hours means it's illegal. It's a Christmas themed action and we have um, Santa's sacks and in our Santa's sack we have uh, scrolls which we've made which are which are a, a screen grab of the of the job description and we've annotated it to explain to the public why it's breaking the law and why why we think it's wrong and we've added email the email addresses of HR director um, people high up in the serpentine so that the public can email them to express their concern over the practice of unpaid internships. I think on one hand it's about raising awareness amongst the public because there are a lot of people who aren't aware of the legislation around unpaid internships and that's a lot of the people we speak to see it as a necessity to do an unpaid internship or just a completely normalised culture whilst it is actually illegal. And on the other hand, people do make these choices of visiting certain galleries, spending their time there, spending their money there. And if we can um, individually bring attention to these, these galleries and these places that are using unpaid labour, which is completely illegal, then that's a goal that is well worth pursuing. And one of our biggest concerns is um, if someone, the person who's doing this internship, how can they afford to be working full-time five days a week? Um, does that mean that they're having to work nights as well or something to have money? Or is it because they've got other means of income? But what that what, what really concerns us is it means that only a certain type of person can potentially do the internship. So it further excludes people that are already marginalised in the arts anyway. So that's, that's a concern. So I'm Sylvia and um, I have done an open internship. I worked for a magazine for 14 months um, and they paid me £120 a week. Um, yeah, so that was highly illegal because it's under minimum wage. But uh, the, the funny thing is, uh, yeah, so I have numerous conversations with my editor about, you know, you have to start paying me, I'm doing a lot, I'm pulling my weight. I was responsible for seven regular pages in the magazine, so I was actually doing a job. And um, and she was just like, well, you know, if you leave, then we'll find someone else. Like, you can leave whenever you want, but we'll just find someone else to do it for free. So, you know, it's your choice. So it was kind of like some sort of crazy power struggle thing going on, kind of a manipulation, blackmail situation. Um, yeah, and she was just constantly telling me as well, well, you're just not good enough to get paid. So, yeah.
or things like that. So it's, it's very horrible in a way. After their peaceful protest, I spoke to Woody Morris and Lua Vlar, two fine art students, members of Future Interns. It went really well so far, yeah. We've only done, done the, the first gallery, but um, it seemed like people were really interested in the topic. Um, everyone took a scroll so that everyone in the gallery now knows what's going on there. They know that the Serpentine's using unpaid labour. And, uh, and the, well, we didn't get forced to leave, so that's good. You know, we didn't get, like, Victor, we chose to leave because we want to go and give out scrolls at the other gallery. So, so we're going to go to the, the, uh, the main Serpentine gallery and do the same thing. And hopefully the public will be just as interested to find out that the Serpentine's using unpaid labour. From, from the people I've talked to today, I, I think it's even more of a widespread problem than before I went in, in, a, in before this day started. I talked to one gallery assistant specifically who asked me, what's illegal about unpaid work? Where does it say unpaid work is illegal? I mean, this is like, it's very simple. Unpaid work is illegal by law, but... I mean, it does tell me something that there's so many people who have no idea that this kind of commitment to work is just, it is illegal to not pay people for work. And I mean, this makes it into a class issue. It's, to me, that's, it's very simple. Unpaid work is illegal and that illegality should be enforced. That's got nothing to do with personal choice. Um, but definitely, I mean, internships are a widespread problem in London and um, a widespread phenomenon in London. And the fact that it's such a big industry over all sort of uh, domains of work in London just means that only rich people can do internships. After the protest, the Serpentine Gallery said, the points you make are valid and we may have listened to your protest. We take our responsibility as employers very seriously, and this advertisement is not in line with our current terms of volunteer placements. To find out more about the collective and their actions, you can go online on facebook.com forward slash future interns. And last on the podcast, we hear from people who came in front of South Africa House in London to pay the respect to Nelson Mandela. My name is Rudolph. I came down here especially just to bear my presence and give my presence because he was a great man. My reaction when I heard the news was not one of uh, sadness, but one of joy because his work has been done. He fulfilled his life. His legacy is love. He left love behind for us to learn and share. So the world can become a better place. My name is Erin Bargate. Alana Ribeiro. Um, I work as an actuary at an insurance company. I live in Guildford, Surrey, as an accountant. Um, I was very sad, obviously. Um, I wasn't. I was kind of knew it was coming because he's been sick for a long time. But um, for me, it just made me feel really far away from home, and just made me want to be with other South Africans so that I could mourn with them and be around um, yeah, other South Africans who understood what he meant and what we'd gone through as a country. 
certainly hope and certainly a better country for all of us to live in. And um, yeah, I mean, we still got a long way to go, but I do think that it's you know he sort of paved the way for us to you know to start somewhere, and then you know we can move on from there. So he's given us hope. Yeah. Just put the flowers now with the South African flag and the rugby jersey, which I bought yesterday. I'm basically working in the British forces, and I live in camp in the barracks in camp with the with the lads. And when I had the news, I was just in the gym, and then one of the lads came to me because I play rugby for the battalion and all. So when I got the news, I was in the gym. Say basically. I dropped everything down. I left the gym straight away, and then I had to go to the news because that was the first news. It was a breaking news at the time. I mean, what can I say? The feelings sad, but not sad, but happy at the same time because I'm happy for the I'm happy for Tata. Before he left, he says to us, "It's up to us now, basically, to carry his legacy." <laughs> That's all from us for now, but there'll be an updated version of the podcast for you to download from next week on Monday. I'm Sarah Garsley. Until next time, thank you.